Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. Man, we want you to know that you belong here. You have a home away from your home. Um, And welcome to the family. So everybody say hello. Man, welcome to the family. We are so glad that you're here. Man, I hope you're excited to hear tonight from God um, because I'm going to be honest, I came filled with passion, I came filled with energy, and I came filled with faith because watch this, I haven't preached in eight weeks, y'all. Eight weeks I have not preached. How crazy is that? Listen, I've been doing this for five years now. That is the longest streak that I have ever not preached before. Okay, so like I was having like anxiety like in those last eight weeks, okay, but how many know summer was amazing, right? We got to hear from tons of people, guest speakers, um, some of your leaders, some of your friends got to come bring the word, man. Uh, We had camp, we had SummerSlam, we had all these incredible, internship, all these incredible things, um, and so I'm excited to preach. Are you guys excited to preach back tonight? Come on. Man, I need some help because I feel like God wants to stir something up in this atmosphere. Um, And it's not up to me. It's up to you and how much you want it. Is anybody hungry for the word of God tonight? Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'm excited because I believe that God has laid a word on my heart that I believe can change the direction of your life forever. How many of you know you guys just went back to school? Okay, so you guys are jumping into new friends, new teachers, a new lifestyle, new routines. I believe that this will not only solidify, but this will also multiply your life. Does anybody want to multiply their life? Come on. I want to multiply my life, and I believe that this word can do that. Um, so I'm just excited to be up here. Uh, man, so school started. Yeah. Come on. How's that going? Yeah. School, school's going good. Come on. I, I got some questions. How many of you guys already have homework? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. How many of you guys are already preparing for a group project? Oh, man. Oh, your teachers are savage, bro. How many of you guys, this is my favorite question. How many of you guys already have late assignments? Yeah, hey, there we go. Praise God for all the late assignment people. Man, I love you guys, man. Hey, tonight I want to talk to you guys about a, a message that I believe can change your school year. Yeah, how many of you guys want to change your school year before it even starts? I don't know about you, but I believe that God has placed a new mandate on brave youth to go into every single neighborhood, every single family, and every single school campus and influence the mess out of it so that it doesn't look like what it used to. So that alumni would come back to your school and say, man, what is this Jesus that everybody's talking about? Jesus had no presence on my campus back in 1999, but today in 2019, there are some young, hungry individuals that say, you know what? I'm ready to change my school. I'm ready to change my family. I am ready to to change my life and everybody around it. Come on, who wants to do that? Yeah, yeah I, I know that I want to do that. Tonight I want to talk to you about this word, this single word that I believe will change the trajectory of your life because the enemy is always trying to come against that word. This word is called confidence. Confidence. Somebody say confident. Come on, turn to your neighbor say, I will be confident. Turn to your other neighbor say, I will be confident. Turn to the neighbor behind you say, you better be confident. Otherwise, I'm going to smack you upside the head. Don't do that. Don't smack them upside the head. Okay. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this word called confidence. Did you know that God did not make you to be afraid? He made you to be confident. 
It says that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And when you put all those together, you get this one word called confidence. I don't know about you, but I want to walk into my school this year confident. I want to walk into my workplace this year confident so that I'm not shaken, so that I'm not swayed to the left or to the right, so I'm not swayed by the relationships that I have, so I'm not swayed by people's opinions. So I'm not swayed by all the things that try to come against me in the culture and societal norms or the status quo, but I can be confident in who God has called me to be. Somebody say, I will be confident. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to be fun. You see, you see I, I believe this is that in 1 Timothy 4.12 it says, don't be looked down upon because you are young. But I want you to set the example for believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Here's what I believe. I never want to live a life that I feel like I'm too small, too young, too insignificant to do anything for God. And if you feel like that, can I just say that is a lie from the devil. God has called you to be confident. He hasn't called you to live by the world's standards or your parents' standards or your friends' standards. He's called you to live by God's standard, which is to be more than an overcomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, he said, hey, you are more than a conqueror, and I need you to be confident because there are things that I am calling you to do, but you can't get there if you're afraid. You have to be confident. Somebody say, I will be confident. I will. You know, when I went back to school, man, I was, con I was one confident dude when I was in school. Anybody, like, you walk on your school campus and you're just confident? You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about arrogance. See, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Okay, God has not called you to be arrogant. He's called you to be confident. In other words, God wants you to know who you are in his eyes, not in your own eyes. You see, that's the difference is that when you're confident, you say, man, God, thank you for who you've called me to be. I am secure because of who you said that I am. When you're arrogant, you just say, man, it's all about me. Man, I get the glory. I don't need no Jesus. I'm just going to be arrogant. I'm going to do my own thing. I know that I'm, I'm this and I know that I'm that. No, no, no. God says, hey, I want you to be confident. You know, anybody walking your school this year, you were just confident. You're like, man, I'm coming back from camp. I haven't lost the fire. I'm just confident. You know, I was that confident kid, okay? I had a little bit of arrogance and pride inside of me. I remember on the first uh, day of freshman year, I walked in and I was like, I don't care who tells me what. I'm taking Josie to prom. The issue was that Josie was a senior. How many of you know, like, like, ain't no freshman going to prom. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude. And ain't no senior girl going to ask a little boy to prom. You know, like, I wasn't little, but I was, I was pretty little. I ain't going to lie. I was pretty little. But that's the kind of confidence that I had. It was, like, stupid confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember one time, uh, I, I, there, was this, there was this girl, and I wanted to ask her to prom. So I was like, hey. Hey, so like, what you think? Like, you got to date the prom? Like, you know? Kind of like, like all the freshman boys like ask girls to prom, you know, it's like, ah. It's like, close your mouth, son. Put your tongue back in your mouth. It's like, ah. What's up, girl? How you doing? You want to go to prom with me? She said, yes. Ooh, I felt on top of the world. I, I, all of a sudden, I got that swagger walk. I started walking through the hallways. I bought myself a cane. I was like, ah, ah. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, three days later, she came back to me. She said, Darison. That's what they called me back in high school. I don't know why. It was a black girl. No, I'm just kidding. She wasn't black. She was a white girl. Uh, never mind. Uh, this girl came up. She's like, Darison. I was like, what's up, boo thing? She's like, I can't go to prom with you no more because the quarterback of the football team asked me to go, so I can't go with you anymore. No Boy, I was confident. 
I looked at her. I said, girl, bye. I don't need you in my life. I know that God's got me. I was doing you a favor. That, that's, that, that's what I wish I said. That's what I wish I said. Really, I cried myself to sleep that night. Um, it was real sad. Okay. Tonight, I'm talking about confidence. The confidence to walk onto your school campus and know who you are in Christ. The confidence to walk into a classroom and not be swayed by the things that are happening in that classroom, but to say, you know what, I know who God has called me to be. Come on, how many of you want that kind of confidence in your life? You see, here's something that you have to understand is that the enemy wants you to be fearful, disengaged, and questioning the future of your life. That's the reality is that the enemy wants to question your identity. He wants to question the purpose on your life. He wants to question the summer that you just had and say, you know what, that was just a, a spring fling, and now you're going to get back into the real world, and then I'm going to be able to wrap you around my finger again. That's why it's important to understand confidence. Okay, so there are three things that I believe that God wants to, again, solidify and multiply in your life. Come on, who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Come on, who brought their notes today? Come on, because note takers are... Note takers are. Yeah, so I want you to take some notes. Come on, let's jump into it today. Dear Jesus, we thank you, God, for what you're going to speak today, Lord. I pray that you would teach us how to be confident, Lord. God, I pray that we would walk out of this place filled with faith, filled with passion, filled with zeal for you, God. Lord, I pray that you would put a new hunger and desire in our hearts, Lord. And I pray that we would walk out of this place confident. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on. Just three things today. It's going to be really short. I was like, praise God. I got homework to do. Number one is this. The enemy wants to diminish the confidence of your ability. The enemy wants to diminish the confidence of your ability. Have you ever felt like God called you to do something that you think is too big for you? You ever feel like God has called you to do something and you're just like, man, I'm not, I'm not capable enough to do that. I don't, I don't have the ability. I'm not equipped. I'm not, I'm not good enough to, to make that thing happen. Here's what I want to remind you today is that capability doesn't define calling. Okay? In other words, what you are able to do does not define the purpose that God has put on your life. I look at the Bible. Did you know that David was not capable of slaying Goliath? Moses was not capable of speaking and, and, and freeing the Israelites. Did you know that Mary was not physically capable of having a baby? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that, that Paul was not capable of starting the church? But, but it was when they said, you know what? It's not my ability that qualifies me. Then God began to use them. Here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to use you. Many times we pray for the answer. I believe God says, no, no, you are the answer. Now, you don't need me to come into your school because you are walking into your school. It says in his words that you are the light and the salt. And so he is sending you. You don't need the answer. You are the answer. I heard a pastor once say this, that nobody else is coming. Nobody else is coming, so God needs you. Did you know that nobody else is coming? Until Jesus returns, nobody else is coming. So stop thinking that you're not qualified enough. Stop thinking that you're not capable enough. Stop thinking that you don't have the gifts or, or the right speech or, or the right actions. No, no, no. God chose to use you. 
Just like he chose to use David, just like he chose to use Moses, just like he chose to use Mary, just like he chose to use all of the pillars of our faith. But here's the thing is that we have to stop looking at our abilities and we have to be confident in the things that are in our hands. Many times we always ask God for the things that aren't in our hands and he's saying, hey, if you would just open up the grip of the things that you have in your hand and give them to me, then guess what? I can do more than if I gave you all the things in this world. Because greater is he in me than he that is in the world. You see, what have you been holding on to? What have you been saying, God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm not capable enough. Because be careful, you see, because God wants you to change your workplace. God wants you to to be the light in your school. God wants you to be the light for your family. How many first-generation Christians do we have in this place? Like your parents don't know Jesus yet, or, or your parents came to Jesus because of you. Come on. How incredible is that? Come on. Can we give God praise for all the first-generation Christians that stepped out of the box and said, God, I'm willing to let you use me. Man, that's powerful. God wants to use you. But if you're not careful, then the enemy will lower your standard of your ability through this lens called comparison. I believe comparison is the greatest attack on this generation. Did you know it's hard to be confident if you always compare? It is hard to be confident in who God called you to be if you are always comparing yourself to who is on your left and who is on your right. It's the attack of comparison. You might feel like you're ugly, but I came to tell you today that you've just been looking in the wrong mirror. Yeah, yeah. I came to tell somebody today that you might feel like you're not good enough, but you've just been seeking the approval from the wrong people in your life. Because all of a sudden, when you stop comparing yourself... To other people, you can start comparing yourself to the person that God has designed you to be. The greatest role model in your life is the person that God wants you to be in 10 years. Did you know the person that you should be looking up to is the person that you're going to be in 20 years? And is the person that you're going to be in 20 years going to say, man, thank you so much for taking the steps to get to where I am now? Or is the person in 20 years that you're going to be going to say, man, I wish you would have listened on Wednesday night. Man, I wish you would have taken your faith seriously and we wouldn't be here right now. It's this attack of comparison. You see, some of you, you need to jump off of social media. Because when you're not careful enough, you will begin to subject your own opinion of yourself to the lens of other people's profiles. And you will begin to say, man, why don't I look like them? Man, why don't I get to, to, to be through all those experiences with them? Man, why can't I have the same success as them? All of a sudden, you start comparing yourself. And watch this. The moment you start to compare yourself to other people, you start to worship the comparison, and you stop worshiping God. In other words, when you compare yourself, you take the eyes off of who you are and you say, man, God, I wish you would have made me like that. Man, God, I wish I would have a nice car. Man, I wish I could have nice clothes. Man, I wish that I could have the family that they had. God says, no, 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 but you're not them. I created you to be you, so stop comparing yourself. Listen, stop posting and start praying. Yeah, some of you need to get off of Snapchat and start getting into Scripture. Why? Because when you get into the Word of God, oh, you can read that it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit that begins to enable you. I will be confident in who God has called me to be, not because of what I can do, but because of what He said about me. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit that lives in me. Come on, can somebody give God a shout of praise right now? Yeah. It's not by might nor by power, but 
by his spirit that, that I am able. Did you know that God has made you more able than you think you are? You see, watch this. It says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. In other words, man, the things that you lack, guess what? I'm going to come and I'm going to bring strength. And not just a normal strength, but a supernatural strength. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, that's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. My weaknesses make me happy. The things that I don't have make me happy. The insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the difficulties. Because when I am weak, God can be strong in me. Understand that confidence isn't developed when you do more. Confidence is developed when you do less and let God do more inside of you. That's when confidence is developed in your life. You see, the enemy's going to come against your ability. He's going to say, no, you can't do that. But guess what? When you're confident, you can stand up to the enemy and say, God, I know what you called me to. God, I know what you placed inside of me. God, I know that I have your heart and access to the keys of heaven. So it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. I will be confident. Number two is this. Write this down. The enemy wants to diminish the confidence of your destiny. The enemy wants to diminish the, con the, the, the confidence of your destiny. You see, when Moses was leading the people out of Israel into the promised land, they were stuck in the middle of the wilderness for 40 years. All of a sudden, murmurs of doubt. All of a sudden, murmurs of anxiety and fear. All of a sudden, murmurs of discouragement. And you know what the Israelites said? After they just got out of captivity, they said, you know what? The promised land, it's so far away. Man, I, God, I know that you, you, you placed a destiny in our hearts but, but, man, let's just go back. Let's go back to our old way of living. Let's go back to the place that we found comfort. Let's go back to the place that was normal. Did you know that this year the enemy is going to ask you to come back? <laughs> when you go back to school and you find those homies, you're like, ah, what's good? What's good, Papa? Yeah, quick shout out. I learned now. You see, some of you guys are going to be tempted with drugs again. Some of you guys are going to be tempted with partying again. Some of you are going to get tempted with gossip again. Some of you are going to get tempted with girls and guys. Some of you are going to get tempted with not doing your homework on time. But here's what I want to tell you. Do not go back. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to derail you from your destiny. In other words, don't let everything that you did this summer be for nothing. God has called you to a new destination. So remain steadfast. Remain faithful to the place that God has called you to. I love it because Joshua told his people this in Joshua 3, 5. He says, hey, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do an amazing thing among you. Let me say it like this. Amazing things are coming, but are you ready to receive them? Are you chasing what you know, or are you chasing what you can't see? Did you know that faith is not about what we see? Faith is about what's in our hearts. Not by, not by, not by, not by, not by, not by, wait, wait. Live by faith. I was going to say not by faith, but by sight. I don't know why, I don't know why I was going to say that. Read your Bible, kids. Stay in school. Okay. Man, we don't live by the things that we see. We live by the things that we can't see. 
There's a destiny that God has placed in your life. Guess what? Many of you, you probably don't see it yet. Man, God has called me to be a pastor. Man, God has called me to change my school. Man, God has called me to start a first priority Bible club. Guess what? You're not going to see it. But he says, hey, it's coming. What I need you to do right now is not be looking for where it is. I just need you to prepare your heart so that when it shows up, you are ready to receive it. Don't go back. Okay? Come on. Can I make it practical for you guys real fast? Can I make it practical? Let me say it like this. You know that cute boy that you were drooling over last year? You know what I'm saying? Like, like he walked in, you were like, ooh, that boy is smoking oaken. Mm. He about to be my token. You know? And then, and then you're like, oh, he doesn't see me. He doesn't notice me. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to flip my hair. I'm going to do my makeup, all this stuff. And then on the first day of school, you walk into your biology class, and guess what? He is your science partner. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I just tinkled. I tinkled my pants. All of a sudden, he starts to notice you. Dang, girl, you cute. Mm. Girl, something changed about you. You get your hair did. I'm saying here's what I want you to do tomorrow I want you to go up to that boy I want you to look him in the face and I want you to say boy where I'm going you ain't good enough to get into boy you better get behind me because you're not strong enough to carry my calling oh thank you next thank you next thank you I'm not gonna lie that's my jam right now the radio version the radio version. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to look at him and say, boy, you can't carry my calling, so let's just skip the dating and break up right now. Okay. Let me talk to the guys, 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 guys. Guys, you know, like, guys, you, like, walk in. There's, like, this girl that you've been eyeing for the last four years. You know what I'm saying? Like, you went to middle school together. Now you're in high school together. You know what I'm saying? Like, she ain't noticed you for four years. Listen. If she ain't noticed you for four years, then she probably ain't interested, so stop looking. Okay? But all of a sudden, she comes up to you. She says, mm, boy, how, how's you doing? This is how I assume Miami kids talk to each other, by the way. This is just my assumption. Hey, boy, how you doing? You been working out? You need to look at her and say, girl, you beautiful. But I ain't looking for sexy. I'm looking for sanctified, set apart, called for his glory, with a purpose and a calling on his life. Girl, get behind me saying, I don't need you. I just need my Jesus. Yeah. It's okay. Then you take out your Bible, you open it up, and you say, don't worry, girl. There is hope for you still. Okay. Come to Brave Church. I'm confident about that, girl. You need to get behind me, Satan. You see, don't go back. Don't go back because remember this. Not everybody is allowed to go to the promised land. Not everybody is able to go to the promised land. See, stop settling for what's available. Start trying to get what's unattainable. You see, watch this. Like, I'm, I like sneakers. You guys know this about me. I love sneakers. But I don't just like going into Foot Locker. And I don't go into champs sports, and I don't go into finish line and just buy anything that's on the rack. You know what I like to do? I like to get shoes that are unattainable. 
I like to get shoes that very few people in the world have so that when they're on my feet, I walk different. People come up to me and they say, man, what is that? How do I get that? Man, I wish there was a generation of people that stopped settling for what was available and said, God, I want what's unattainable because I'm going to the promised land. I don't need what everybody else has. God, I need what you have. I need the resources from the kingdom of heaven. Did you know that Moses, yes, Moses, I'm talking about like Moses, Moses, beard, Moses, staff, Moses, see, Moses. Not even Moses made it into the promised land. Why did he not make it into the promised land? Was it because he was just old and he couldn't survive through the journey? No, 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 that's not why. It's because Moses was disobedient to God. Moses lost his confidence and so he became disobedient. You see, you have to be careful because if the enemy can't destroy you, then he will do everything in his power to distract you. You see, watch this. This is my third point. Write this down. I'm going to invite the band back up. You see, number three is this. The enemy wants to diminish the confidence that you have in God. The enemy wants to diminish the confidence that you have in God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In Matthew 14, one of the most profound scriptures to me and what God has revealed to me in Matthew 14, we have Peter who sees Jesus walking on the water. All the disciples are freaking out. They're like, who is this man? Jesus says, it is I. It's Jesus. You know me. So Peter calls out to Jesus. He says, hey, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So Jesus, like a G, said, all right, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water. And he came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt me? You see, Peter lost his confidence in God because his eyes were positioned in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times in your life have you declared with your mouth that you had faith, but because you were looking in the wrong direction, you missed what God was trying to do, and then you tried to blame God when actually it was your own distraction that led to your destruction? Come on, there are some of you tonight, you need to fix your focus on God. Come on, you want to remain confident? God says, hey, seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then all of these things will be given to you. How do you remain confident in a broken world? How do you remain confident in a world that is full of sin, is full of impurities, is full of dirtiness? How, how do you remain confident? You got to seek first the kingdom of God. You got to fix your eyes on Jesus and you have to be careful of distraction. Why do they tell you not to text and drive? Because it's the distraction that will destroy you. That's why they say don't text and drive, don't, don't drink and drive, because it's all those little distractions that will begin to destroy your life. 
Maybe, maybe you're in this room today and you feel like God has failed you. Man, I would argue that maybe God didn't fail you. Maybe you failed God because you took your eyes off of him and you started looking at the wind instead of keeping your eyes on the way. Who is Jesus Christ? Man, I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that's not shaken. I want to live a life that I can stand on a firm foundation. I want to live a life where I can be confident in who he's called me to be and the direction that I am headed. But the only way that I can do that is if I follow Jesus. When it's late at night and I'm driving, what do I have to do? I have to turn on my lights. Why? Because my lights guide me in the direction that I need to be going. Some of you have been blind to the light of Christ in your life. And so you walk around school aimlessly like a chicken with your head cut off, falling for anything because you stood for nothing. Some of you need to stand up today and say, man, God, I give you my life. God, I give you my heart. God, I give you my faith. God, I give you everything that I have so that I can stand on the cornerstone of my faith, which is Jesus Christ, and I can be confident. Come on, would you stand up to your feet with me today as we close? I remember I was a baseball player one time, um, way back in the day, and I was fast. So um, they put me in the outfield, and I remember they said, Darrison, all you need to do is chase down all these fly balls and throw them in. So I was like, you know what, I can do that. So I was an outfielder, and I remember one time we were practicing hitting, and, and they're hitting these balls, and, and they're flying up in the air, we're all catching them. All of a sudden, there was a squirrel. And me being like ADD a little bit. I started freaking, I was like, squirrel! I started chasing this squirrel around. All of a sudden, I hear a clank of the bat. This ball's flying up in the air. And I start to look around in the sky, and I cannot find it, and it's just flying, and everybody's saying, look out, look out, look out, and all of a sudden, boom, I took it right in the forehead. I got knocked out. I had to go to the hospital. I remember the next day I came back to practice, I had a huge lump on my forehead. I was mad. I was like, how dare he hit me with the ball like that? What's wrong with you? You got this whole field, and you hit it at me. My coach said, boy, shut your mouth. He said, if you wouldn't have been distracted, you would have caught the fly ball. If you wouldn't have been distracted... You wouldn't have landed yourself in a place of pain. If you weren't distracted, you wouldn't have been destroyed. Man, I wonder if we could fix our focus so intently that we would not be distracted. We would not be deterred. We would not be derailed from the plan that God has placed on our lives. And we stop blaming God and we say, God, I'm all in with you. I know that you are the God of the impossible. Because did you know this? God can never fail you. It's not in his nature. It's impossible for him to fail. It says in his word that every single word that he speaks will not return void. In other words, if he speaks it, then it is true yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot fail you. But some of you have had this idea in your head. Oh, man, I've been praying for this thing for so long. God, you didn't answer. I guess, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll stop praying for it because maybe it's just, you know. Maybe you're in this room and you say, man, like, man, I thought that, that my, my, my family was going to be healed, but, but they weren't. So, God, I, I'm, I'm struggling to be confident in your healing power right now. 
Maybe you're at school and you're saying, man, God, I, I still don't have friends and I'm still sitting at the lunch table. God, I thought you said that I would never be alone. And you begin to question God and, 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 and demons and the devil, they begin to rejoice because they're like, man, I got you right where I want you. But I came to tell you today that it is a distraction and you might feel like you're drowning, but really you are just sinking because you took your eyes off the wrong place. But if you would just call on the name of the Lord, his hand is not far from you. All he has to do is reach down to you and pick you up. And I love the end of this story. Because watch this. It says that he began to sink. And he began to pick him up. If you read farther down in Scripture, it says that they climbed back into the boat. They climbed back into the boat. It doesn't say that Jesus carried Peter into the boat. It doesn't say that Jesus put Peter on his back and gave him a piggyback ride. It says, no, no, they, being plural, they climbed back into the boat. Here's what I believe. I believe that Peter got a second chance to walk on the water again. But this time, he was holding on to the right hand, and his eyes were focused on the right person. You might be in this room and you might feel like you failed God. I came to tell you today that just as much as he picks you up, he wants you to walk on the water again. But this time he doesn't want you to do it alone. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you're saying, man, I just need to feel confident again. Man, I've been in this mojo. I've been in this funk. Man, after school started and it's only been three days, I feel like I can't make it. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm depressed. I feel like I don't want to wake up in the morning. Man, God has called you to walk into your school confident. If that's you in this room and you say, man, I need to be like Peter and I need to get my confidence back again. Come on, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on. If you're in this room and you say, man, I just need to get my confidence back. Come on. I want to be confident again. This school year, I want to walk. I want to talk. I want to listen. I want to be confident in the person that Christ has made me to be. Dear Jesus, I pray for every single hand in this room, God. Lord, I pray that you would restore confidence in this place. God, I pray that you would remind us that we are sons and daughters of the one true King. God, I pray that you would build a new confidence inside of our hearts so that even though we walk through the valley, we can know where you stand. We can know where your hand is. We can know that we can live by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're in this room and you say, man, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never even, maybe you've never even heard of this, this Jesus person that we've been talking about. But maybe today you want to develop this new kind of confidence and this new kind of faith and this new kind of person about yourself. Can I tell you today that this man named Jesus came down to earth. He was 100% man, 100% God. And he died on a cross, the worst death that any man has ever faced in the, in the history of the world. And the entire time that he hung on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he said, hey, I am doing this for you. So that that one person, August 21st, 2019, can hear the story about what I'm doing and receive salvation and a hope for eternity. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you in this room and you say, man, I've never given my life to Christ or I've walked away from Christ and tonight I want to recommit my life to him. Come on, would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good, good. Five hands raised. I love that. Come on. Would everybody pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I pray that you would make me new. I choose to be obedient to the call on my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I believe that you sent your son to die and live again. Make me new. I say yes to you. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Can we lift up the name of Jesus for just five seconds today? Oh, glory to God. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being here tonight. Listen, if you said yes to Jesus, then we want to know about it. So find a leader around you and make sure that you tell them so that we can pray with you and we can tell you what your next step is. Man, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Listen, hey, look, 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 look. Before we leave today, everybody, what does this say? Listen, I want everybody to go down to the table before you leave today and pick up a whole stack of these. Listen, this is not an invite. This is a message to every single soul that it comes in contact with. I believe that you're going to put this on your teacher's desk, and your teacher is going to be going through a hardship, and she's going to pick this up, and she's going to be, she's going to, wow, there is hope. Or you're going to drop it on a lunch table, and your friend's going to pick it up and say, man, I was thinking about ending it today, but I am reminded that there is hope. Hey, before you leave today, hug somebody. Tell them that you love them. I'm going to pray one more prayer over you. Dear Lord, I pray that as we finish the first uh, uh, week of school, Lord, that you would be with us, God. That you would make us confident. That we would walk in your confidence. That we would walk closely to your spirit. God, I bless every single individual in this room. I pray that this would be the greatest week of their life. And we give you praise. And everybody said amen and amen. We'll see you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.